What have we here? Good day, Galaxy Rogue Squadron Podcast. What episode is this? 133. 133. <laughs> Solid start, Mopar. <laughs> My name is Mopar. I am Commander Cody. Thank you guys for tuning in. We do have a special guest, uh, Mr. Increase, here with us. You can say something. Hello, Rogue Squadron Podcast. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in, also being live with us. Uh, but this is a kind of a, another oddball week for us, episode 133 being recorded on a Saturday. So mm-hmm. um, we didn't want to compete with the Super Bowl because we would have lost, even though neither of us are uh, big fans. Are, are you a fan of the full the football no not really i mean i i like college football but i'm i'm not a big nfl nfl guy understandable yeah it's gonna be uh kind of interesting where i'm at uh since philly's in it and i'm about an hour from there people around here are very diehards um so we'll see what happens because if philly wins it could be very interesting out, out my way but uh outside of that i no dogs in the fight, so I don't give a flying. Pennsylvania's ass. just gonna burn to a crisp if they <laughs> if they win. Yeah, I'll definitely see the plumes of smoke from uh, here because <laughs> Philly Philly's a large city. But uh, moving on from that, um, we've got uh, an exciting episode. We don't have a beer review because what's happening, Mopar? <laughs> Sober February. Sober February. So uh, myself and Commander are jumping on the the Sober February train where no drink November is going to be hung over to uh, or uh, strung along all the way to February. Eventually, it's going to be like every other month. We're just not going to have anything. I'm down with that. I mean, uh, we've drank enough for... All the all the fish in the sea Hope to be for four families for eighty years. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am uh, completely okay with that. Um, so instead, I kind of came up with a uh, just a random idea. Um, and what we did before we started recording, uh, I asked for a random number between one and one twenty, uh, which ended up being sixty nine. Solid. Um, and then another number between one and ten or something I said, and uh, uh, Mr. Increase chose seven. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to ask a question for Mr. Commander. Increase. For in- increase M- Commander here. Increase McGee. Increase McGee. Level up. Um, what? And so as we... Uh, so it's going to be based on episode seven because that's uh, the single number you chose. Um Try to think of what scene happens at the 69th minute of episode seven. So we're talking an hour and nine minutes into episode seven. Interesting. Let's see what you guys come up with and how close we can get. Um, So we're we're just over an hour into episode seven. I I assume you know the answer and you're going to school us. I have no clue. I just... I was about to say, how could you possibly have prepped for this? (laughs) I'm excited to see how wrong we are Um, because I'm trying to like be, okay, we're about halfway through, little over maybe halfway through. A little under halfway through. Is it a two and a half hour movie? It's like 2.15, I think. Yeah, like 2.12. So we're we're literally, yeah, we're right there. So where are we at in in the movie? Any any inklings? Um, My first thought is Maz's Palace. 
That's a good guess. Yeah. Either right say, at the beginning or right at the end of that. I was going to say on uh, the Millennium Falcon for the first time, but that may be way under like shorting it. So I, because uh, we have to be off Jakku. We have, to, it could be like Rathtar territory. Or yeah. do you think we're already to, to Maz? I think they might be like going to lights. Uh, I bet they're landing on uh, Takudana or whatever the Maz's uh, planet is. Once they leave Maz's castle, not a crazy amount of stuff happens. You know, they all rendezvous at the base and then they decide that they're going to go blow up Starkiller. And then they go and do that. Like that's it starts the climax of the movie. So I don't think yeah, Star yeah. Killers as long as we think though, because I think I think Star Killer and Jakku might have equal screen time. Well, that's what I mean. Maybe maybe Maz's is a little after the hour nine minute mark. This is why I'm thinking that it's got to be Rathtar stuff because that's really like the transitional scene where it's like okay, after this moment, all sort of Star Killer space related, uh, we've left Jakku and it's over. Mm-hmm. I'm voting yeah. landing on Maz's palace. That's my vote. Mm. A few minutes after Rathtar Central. Trying to think of what what's the end, the end of that. Because there's the battle at uh, the, uh, at uh, Takodana. Mm-hmm. And then Kylo's, Kylo takes Ray. Kylo takes yeah. Ray. And then there's destroyed. all that mind reading stuff that happens on... Yeah, I think we might be pushing it. I think we're on Takodana quite a bit longer than than we're actually thinking. I bet we're inside Maz's palace or Maz's uh, cantina. I bet they're actually it might be around the Force Vision. That's going to be my guess. The Force Vision. So do I Can pull I, uh, up the movie and check? If you want, yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, <laughs> I want to know what the answer is. <laughs> Commander, while you're doing that, can I just share like a conspiracy theory I have about the uh, Maz cantina? Do it. Yeah. Okay. If you look, and I have no way to prove this, maybe maybe one of the uh, listeners can. If you look at Finn's hair in the scene where he's like telling Ray that they need to leave, there's something going on with the green screen there where it makes me think that they CGI'd his hair in that scene. There's like just a back and forth Whoa. conversation. Say that again. Where are they CGIing hair on? I'm Finn? telling you that if you look at Finn and Ray's sort of deal when he's like. I'm trying to get transport, you know, away from here, away from the first order. Mm-hmm. If you look at his head, something digitally has happened in that scene, like either because it was reshot and he had a different haircut or because it wasn't filmed on location or something like that. But if you look at that, it's it looks weird, man. That's all I'm saying. It's <laughs> this is my conspiracy okay. theory about Finn's hair in that scene. <laughs> Like they had to do, re- like where Obi Wan when they're talking to Jar Jar in Episode One, Obi Wan's hair looks all like wet and slick, and then it looks super dry and shorter because they had to yeah. do reshirts, reshirts, reshoots, something like that. I always caught that. I always thought he looked really dumb in certain scenes, but obviously when I was a child, I didn't know why. But it was like so obvious. Like, is this the same guy? Like in certain <laughs> certain times, he looks like like a, a, like a greasy. I don't know he Jedi, and then other times he's got like a, a small like Jufro. Like, what is happening? <laughs> the inklings of a Jufro. And sorry, just thinking about like ins- insanely greasy hair. There is one scene in the Avengers when Thor and the Hulk are fighting, where he has like. Thor's hair is just completely greased down. And, and then, like, after that, never again. I mean, he looks like Triple H from the WWE. <laughs> and awesome. then, like, back to, you know, 
blown out with a with a hair dryer. Classic. Um, I have the movie pulled up. I have it at the right mark. So we were, uh, you guys ready? Any final yeah. guesses? So yeah. we were all really close, but we were all very also wrong. It is the Huck's Nazi speech on Starkiller Base. Uh, so they are still whoa. all on Takadana, but that happens right before they, right before they oh. blow up the system and right before the battle starts. So yeah, it's like zooming in on Hux while he's doing his crazy speech. Okay, I think I win. <laughs> I was closest. I was closest. <laughs> what? What did you say, Rathar? No, I said uh, Force Vision because I think she has the Force Vision. Mm-hmm. Then they go to that cutscene. Yeah, yeah, I yep. think you're right. Yeah, that's why so I what, asked. What do you I want to be right? I just want to make <laughs> sure I win a prize. Right. What do you win? <laughs> what do I win? Twenty thousand Republic Dad Terry's. Yep, one big pat on the back. All right, cool. <laughs> yep. Awesome. I thought that'd be an interesting because uh, we've seen the movie so many times as Star Wars fans. But when you really start asking an open-ended question like that, you're like, "Well, what the fuck? I don't know." <laughs> Let's do that for the next like eight episodes. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. It's good. Cool. All right, so uh, Mr. Increase. How many times did you see episode eight and why? I've only seen it twice in theaters, which is probably low for the guests on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, I saw them like within a, basically within opening week. I went twice to see it. Okay. Nice. No, twice is good. I, I feel like twice is, is minimum for Star Wars fans yeah. because yeah. the first one is outrage and shock and utter pissed at the movie and then the second one is you know an actual go in and watch the thing for what it is at least for us that's what happened as long as you can get past the first viewing because seems like 99 percent of the star wars fans went and saw it once and they're like what i hate star wars now and then now they uh, they went back to their parents basements where they live so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i i will pissed. say i had a pleasant time both viewings so i didn't i didn't really have um I don't know. I felt like with Force Awakens, I had a bigger letdown at, at the first viewing than uh, I did with Last Jedi. Like, really tried to temper my expectations. The limited number of trailers helped with that. I will say, I think Force Awakens has one of the best movie trailers that's ever been released. Um, you know, and and it just the one where with Han's quote, like, "It's all real." You know, mm-hmm. like that is a really fucking good movie trailer. But yeah, for some reason, you know, just. Went in low expectations of Last Jedi, and and I really enjoyed it. So I'm excited to hear what y'all think about it, and and uh, get into some stuff. As a as a small side note, what we uh, moving forward uh, for extra content, Commander and I might be able to do uh, kind of commentaries over the movie pilots or movie trailers or movie you know teasers Ooh. or stuff like that because. They hint at so many different things and in all of the movies. So uh, it might be interesting to go back and see like an episode one trailer and uh, kind of pick it apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've seen trailers for four, five, six, and one. I've, I don't think I've seen a trailer for two. I assume I did back in the day, but I don't remember. Yeah, that's yeah. We might have to dig those uh, that archive. It'd be cool to see. In the archive memory. The original. <laughs> the trailer for the original one's going to be so goofy. I can already tell. Oh, it's going to be bad. Lasers! And with the <laughs> 70s announcer voices, like, oh, yeah. Journey to the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> this happens in space. <laughs> yeah, that kind of shit. Exactly. Awesome. Um, yeah. Mander. A small note. I did get... I finally signed up for Smuggler's Bounty, and I finally got 
the greatest Funko Pop figure of all time. I like the dance he does when you hold him by the head. <laughs> I I saw this and I signed up for that box immediately because, you know, all you guys know that listen, I, I love Dooku. And it just looked like a great, a great pop overall. Like the way it's designed, his cape's flowing, and his lightsaber's badass. It's Even sweet. his stance, he's got his like hand out, like ready, ready to, to kill. choke somebody. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, Dooku's awesome. We don't see him choke anybody, do we? Uh, in Clone Wars, I think he does. I think oh, he, he really yeah. messes up Asajj when she tries to assassinate him. Oh, yeah. 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 I actually uh, went back and rewatched uh, The Downfall. I don't even know what the actual title of the episode is, but The Downfall of Ahsoka. Because mm. um, that was like the one or like the two episodes that really started hit me hard uh, and really meant actually something to me in that whole saga series. Um was when she is found guilty and then they kind of take it back because Anakin fights What's-Her-Face, which is also an atrocious fight. Wait, her Anakin and Barriss? Fu- yeah. Anakin versus Barris. Anakin should literally just tear her apart yeah. with his mind. And she puts up a fight and they've, they're fighting around the whole temple. I'm like, man, like this is exciting, but it shouldn't be close. He really, like he could take down an entire Coliseum with, with like a sneeze, but you're over here fighting a toddler. Like, come on. And maybe maybe it's partly because she was like really um, focusing on the dark side. Maybe she was um, stronger than she looked, but I don't know. Pissed think is what I'm trying to say. Some things are just uh, for the sake of the cartoon. For the good of the cartoon. And just like, well, just like the movies, man. Some things are just for the sake of the movies. Can I just say that Count Dooku's lightsaber... Uh, he basically has like, you know, if an old British man had a lightsaber, it would have a handle like Dooku's. I mean, and, and there's literally only one other pop culture equivalent I can think of, and that's uh, um, Draco Malfoy's dad's wand. They yeah. like pulls it out of the cane. That he had, he is the Count Dooku of the Harry Potter world. That's so sweet. Yeah. 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 He's got he's it's a sleek lightsaber, and it has that little uh, hook that comes up. Above the hill, like where the blade comes out, there's like a little hook that comes there too. It's sweet. I dig it. Anyways, enough about Dooku. We were trying to talk about episode eight, but we got sidetracked. What were your... I want to know, first of all, like your initial reactions. Like you said, you weren't super pissed about it. You did not enjoy it the first time, but like, were you building up theories in your head? Were you like imagining Ray's parents, and Snoke and all this stuff, and then none of that came true? Or were you just kind of open to what was going to happen? You know, I uh, I honestly never really got caught up in the question of like who's raised who raised parents were because it was never really clear to me like what it would do for the narrative unless it was Luke or something. You know what I'm saying? Like it, mm-hmm. it, it was never I never got too invested in that because what exactly would it help? Like how would it help the story move along? And so you know, if they, I actually I love what they did with it and. Um, I was list- I guess I was reading that y'all have some theories about how that might get played out in nine. We should definitely jump into that because, you know, I think one of the things about Last Jedi, um, I mean, I-, I think it had a a tough ho- like a tough hill to climb because some of the decisions that were made in Force Awakens, like having the First Order not only like have taken the place of the Empire, but to be dominant, you know, to have them completely wipe out the Resistance. And basically two shots and and seven, I think really put 
Ryan Johnson behind the eight ball, especially the fact that they're just not riding these together. You know, there's no roadmap. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in going into nine, there's no roadmap for JJ as if we believe Johnson's comments after it. So, you know, I, yeah, I really like last Jedi and, and I guess um, maybe that's because I really like the filmmaker. I've, I followed his career closely. I was hyped when they announced that he was going to be doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I think the only thing that initially I was so so on was the whole Canto bite thing, and and mm-hmm. you know I, I get what it does for the movie thematically, but do you have to have it? Like, could you watch that whole movie without it? Then you, yeah, I think you could, and and I think it actually points to the fact that after making Ray the Jedi and not Finn, they don't really know what to do with them in the story. Like, mm. I don't really think that. His character has um, a clear arc forward. Like it, it almost would have been better if they had killed him in a. Because what is his por- what is his purpose to the story at this point? So that's a good uh, segue because I put it up to our Instagram followers. Uh, should Ray ha- or should Finn have died in Episode Eight? Um, I actually assumed that like seventy five percent of the people would have said yes, he should have died, but it was a lot closer than uh, I expected, sure. and it ended up somewhere around like sixty forty, where sixty percent said Finn should have died, but uh, I was actually surprised at the forty percent that said no. I'm happy that he lived; he should have lived. So, um, we've ha- we had several hundred people uh, vote on that, so it was a it was an okay sample size, but uh, I was I was interested uh, to see what everybody had to say about that because I assumed a hundred percent of the people were just like, yeah, he should have died. Because he doesn't add anything, and we saw him not add anything in episode eight, outside of him <laughs> almost dying. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought uh, episode eight that that whole Canto bite thing. There, it was just like a plot device of to move forward uh, to get him and Rose together. But I, I thought, man, they could have spent a lot more time fumbling around, like like in episode four, where they're just kind of fumbling around the Death Star for like a half hour. Um, they could have done something like that where they're fumbling around on Snoke's ship for a half hour. Mm. Uh, but that kind of still leaves something up to where how how do they get the code breaker or something like that. But that was still kind of still added in just to like fill a plot hole or fill a plot device. Commander, talk a little bit. I don't know what I'm I'm walking myself <laughs> back into a closet or something. Back into a corner. I don't know, man. I really don't know how I feel about this damn Canto bite stuff. I wasn't I didn't hate it at first until the stampede came along, honestly. The only the big complaint I have is and I don't even know if I brought this up is that the casino thing was cool but it didn't look like a space casino. It looked like an actual casino casino. Mm. Like if you think about the bar in episode 2 with the, the the death sticks guy and all those like sports are going on and there's like screens and holograms everywhere and like the droid bartenders and are are rolling around and there's like virtual games and stuff. It just seemed like the casino actually looked like Vegas and not like a space rich casino or something like that. That's a good point because even the uh, alien species in the casino were such a long stretch that they weren't even unique. It was like a frog with a monocle. It's like, uh, uh, all right. I, I get didn't it. hate that little Mark Hamill frog and then, gremlin guy. And then also that like fat lady who sings. That was a beyond cringeworthy. It's and I, uh, <laughs> I always try to like legitimize and walk myself through this. As I'm complaining, I'm trying to like make sense well, of it. But. Like, yeah, I know I'm complaining about it, but I'm trying to like relate it to something else. And I know like Jabba's palace, there's um, size noodles, si- si- uh and, and that sort of thing. So I get it that 
it could be outrageous, but the monocle thing, and and also to your point, they they are playing like space football because there's like those droids on those balls that are like on screen in episode two, I think. Yeah, where they're literally throwing footballs back and forth. It's like that. All right, is this a premonition of what's going to happen in Super Bowl 110 team? <laughs> well, I will say that in <laughs> 110 team. That's uh... classic. That sounds like a sci-fi thing. Uh, I will say one thing is that thematically, like it, it, the casino has to be somewhat realistic because the the ultimate point of it, right, is to so, is to show like um, systematic oppression, right? I mean, it, if it's just robots hitting each other, then there's no ethical point to make there. And and so I think that um, if they're not actually abusing animals or relying on you know forced labor of children. If it is all just digital, then like who gives a shit about blowing it up? Like, well, yeah, true. true. And the other thing it does, uh, Canto Bite does, is it kind to kind of um, well, it's the realization of Finn that all of these weapons dealers are dealing on both sides. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one key that kind of keeps it all together. That's like, all right, I get it. Obviously, someone that would be a weapons dealer would be at a casino like this. Yeah. And obviously, if you steal a, like a nice ship, which DJ <clears> does, that you f- I end up finding information like that. So it kind of dirties the waters of even like the people in the resistance that you're buying and spending money on ships, and it's it's and it's funding these uh, ab- animal abusing things. <laughs> not not <laughs> until DJ brings it up on the ship though. Because Rose, I mean, Rose is part of the resistance. The way she explains it is kind of like these guys are all profiting because of the first order, what you came from. Like, that's why these people are so rich because you guys are enslaving the galaxy and you need weapons to do it. And then when DJ's on the ship and he sees the hologram of the the X-Wing, and he's like, oh, he makes money by selling to the good guys and the bad guys. And then he goes to this thing, don't join, it's all a racket, blah, blah, blah. He like balances out what Rose was trying to say about uh, the the culture of the people on Canto bite. I wonder what and happens to DJ. Go ahead. I was just gonna say you do need that moment of like muddying the waters for him not dying to work, right? Because she's saying, "Don't die for the resistance," because you're basically like you know like um, you're dying for something that you can't believe in. As it's not as real as human relationships, as the things that hold us together. You know, dying as a symbolic way for, um, you know, for the sake of that one moment on crate, it, it's meaningless in the long in the long run. And I, I think this sort of ties in well with Luke's act. You know, why it matters for him to be there as an apparition as opposed to, um, you know, um, his full bodied presence is that at the end of the day, um, the most important thing to him there is to try to salvage relationships as opposed to particular. Uh, like the particular political movement. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but it, it seems to me that if if Finn doesn't have the, the waters muddied for him morally about the resistance, then his not dying doesn't make sense. Right. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Otherwise, if he was all just, you know, gung-ho from the start, then him sacrificing himself would have actually made sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a complete turnaround because yeah, obviously we talked about uh, him saying, oh, you're just a scum, rebel scum. So he actually acknowledges on Snoke's ship that he f- is wholeheartedly on board with the, the resistance. Um, so even with the waters muddied, 
he still jumps on board. So I, I still think there's a big question mark. He could have killed himself, stopped uh, that gun from shooting off. It would have delayed a lot of stuff. I think a lot more people, well, maybe not a lot more people would have lived, but they would at least give the resistance a lot more time. Uh, Corella DeVille would have just been sad at the end with without a a boyfriend. Rose is just... What do you, yeah, I, what are your what are your thoughts on Rose? Uh you terrible. Know, yeah. <laughs> my initial impression is that the scene where she's like sort of fangirling at Finn is really awkward. Yeah. Um, but making talking with. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I mean, you know, by the end I really liked her, but it took me a minute. I mean, it's not uh I will say that the whole thing actually the whole Canto Bite thing really falls apart when, not when you think about Rose or Finn, but when you think about Poe's storyline. Like his journey in Last Jedi is is pretty horrific. If you think about the number of people he gets killed, yeah, just like because not only does he just get, you know, the bomber squad, every bomber that they have, is yeah. Gone. But then later, his actions also lead to the decimation of all these, you know, landing pods they're going to create to begin with. Like they wouldn't have known if he hadn't come up with this other scheme. Right. So he, he basically gets half the or three quarters of the resistance killed just so he could learn to become a real leader. So I think, you know, Finn and Rose are, are just pawns and pose like dictatorial killing spree in last year. <laughs> yeah, he kills more uh, resistance people than Kylo does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> now, do you think there's going to be a transition because obviously they have to uh, kill off Leia. Do you think they put that in there as a, a character development for him to take more of a leadership role in episode nine? Yeah, I, I really asked myself that question. Like, did that, I mean, obviously they had that moment in the script already because she's the one who's like, don't look at me, follow him. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, like passing a torch. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, She was um, waiting on him to get to that point. Yeah, it just took a huge body count to get there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think there's going to be a time jump. I've, I've heard y'all talk about this a little bit. Um, you know, 10 years, three years, who knows? But I just, you know, no CG Leia. Don't do it again. It's just, it was gross in Rogue One. I don't want to see it. I feel like it has to be like a minimum of five years. Because you, you're down to like five. 50 people. We're getting to the point where the resistance is almost to the point of the Jedi, where the resistance doesn't exist anymore. With yeah. 50 people left on one ship, no one's going to... I mean, they're going to have to go straight into hiding like the Jedi did. Mm-hmm. You can't talk about it anymore because everybody's going to be pointing you out. So maybe they're just going to, I don't know, go to the Outer Rim and just chill, sit on the beach, drink a Corona, chill out for like five years, <laughs> and then uh, come back with a vengeance. They got to wait for Broom Kid to, to grow up and complete his training. <laughs> okay, do we want to talk about Broom Kid? Darth, Darth Dirt Devil over here. What the hell? <laughs> Darth Dirt Devil. Now I'm uh, suddenly episode nine's turn to the Animaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fine with that, too. I mean, yeah, y'all. I don't really think he's going to be a character, but I'm I hope no, not no. worried about this. No. no, I think it was more of a representation of and, and just kind of a solidifying aspect of anybody in the universe can obtain or, or be born with these special abilities, uh, like Luke, even though he's a bloodline, but also like Ray. So, and like I think Anakin. it was just kind of reinforcing that. Yeah, 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 and like Anakin too. Who? <clears throat> um, I don't know. The chosen one. Um, the chosen two. Yeah. Hey, speaking just, of the chosen one, really quick, you know how we've 
like some people have said Luke is the chosen one and I had we had never really realized that until like a few months ago. I was watching um the Siskel and Ebert review in like the nineties of Phantom Menace, and they say they talk about how they mention that Anakin is the chosen one. Qui Gon thinks he is the chosen one. And then Ebert or whatever the fuck his name is says even though we know it's actually his son, Luke Skywalker, who becomes the chosen one. That wasn't in my head until like six months ago. I had no idea if that was common knowledge that Luke like fulfills the prophecy of his son or of his dad. Well, maybe it's, yeah. Wow. It's such a, it's such a cool build because maybe he was the chosen one and he was going to become the chosen one, but because Palpatine intervened, mm-hmm. it, it was almost delayed through his bloodline that, all right, well, he has that the power has to go somewhere. Yeah, that's possible. Too. And, and it was, you know, split between Luke and Leia, but mm-hmm. together, they were still able to uh, defeat it. So, certain point of view, because without a without All an Anakin, point of view, yeah, with, with without an Anakin, there would have been no uh, Leia or or Luke. So he yeah. still was kind of the chosen one. Well, yeah. can I ask you? Can I ask you a question about this thing? Because this doesn't really make sense. If so, if the chosen one's prophecy is that he'll bring balance to the Force, and and I can never like not think of that phrase without hearing you and McGregor in episode three screaming, you are supposed to break balance to them. Anyway, just, um, <laughs> can we like, does it, it doesn't really make sense that that's something special because if you, if you listen to Snoke and eight, it's like, well, I, I always told Kylo that, um, his equal would arise in on the light side of the force. It's mm-hmm. like, so when exactly is it never not balanced. I guess when there are a shit ton of Jedi's, then it's not balanced and only two Sith or whatever. But it, it seems like what's really special if if this balance is always being maintained by the Force itself, bringing one person up to combat Kylo, or or is Snoke just wrong there? I mean, well, that that's there's also, like never a balance. Yeah, well, it, it, that's also an argument. Is there not a balance at the end of Episode Six because the Sith are dead? So I would almost argue that. That is the point of balance, even it, from the Jedi's point of view, because the Jedi's point of view, balance means no, no dark side, no Sith. But uh, I still think there's there's got to be evil people out there. They're just not as strong or as you know military relevant uh, as like a Vader or something. I don't yeah. know. It's just it's because there's. I think what we're getting into with this sequel trilogy is there's there's always going to be something out there challenging you. Mm-hmm. You get rid of Snoke. Well, look, there's a new supreme leader, and right. he and he and he just took off his mask, and he's even more pissed. So, like, there's always going to be that that light to meet it, the dark to meet it. There's always going to be those struggles, um, and I think that's relatable because I, when we go back to the prequel trilogy and we talk about balance, I think it's such a skewed view of balance that I don't think any point of view is right. Well, well, I was just gonna say there that. The balance of the force in the term in the point of view of the Jedi is obviously there's all the bad guys are gone and the Jedi are ruling the galaxy. So that their interpretation of the vision or the idea of balance of the force was completely wrong because it was right. influenced right. by their religion. And then by the time you get to Snoke, he actually has it right. Where if Luke is in control, the dark side is going to rise to balance that out. And then Luke goes into hiding, Kylo and the First Order are reigning, and then Rey obviously is going to rise up with the force to, to balance that out. So he has like a nonpartisan view of what the prophecy is actually supposed to be. I also wonder if there's a Sith prophecy that Anakin also fulfills as not, a, not like a chosen one, but you know, someone to that 
pick I mean, one. I guess I guess just just kills all the the Jedi, and Anakin almost fills both. That's he brings the balance Order to the Force. Six prophecy. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Anakin's Order sixty seven. He's he's at, he's the uh, dessert. He's the dessert at the end of the meal. So, um, yeah, I I could talk about balance of the force and prophecies all day because I think it's it's such a, a unique uh, aspect to Star Wars. Well, I think that um, yeah, I I'm wondering about the Jedi view of what balance really means because I I think you're right, Cody, that whatever their vision for it is is wrong. As part of what you know, the the trilogy plays out pretty brilliantly. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if surely, surely what they are saying though would require at least one Sith per you know however many Jedi. I don't know what the ratio Sith to Jedi <laughs> is, but in that in that moment in eight, which is I think so beautifully done, where Ray is like sort of tapping into the um, you know ecosystem of the island. We get both light and dark, right? Like you know, um, that's one thing it, I love about Luke in this movie. Yeah, is that he says right from the jump, it's balance, it's light and dark, death and life, and he goes through all those. So then, if there's not like if there's not Sith, then sort of what is? I mean, it, you know, what is balancing it? And in, and in fact, even deeper than that, if you want to go sort of philosophical with it, if you know the light side of the fourth force presents represents life and the dark side represents death um then how can the how can the sith you know this is i guess maybe the fundamental mistake for anakin is that he wants the power to stop death and it's just something that fundamentally the dark side cannot provide him but the light can't either i don't know sorry i'm no i know what you mean i was just gonna say there's hubris in anakin thinking that he can bring the bring the balance like he's, he's trying to manifest the balance by himself yeah, that's right. But it, him but trying the, to control it like causes him to causes his downfall. But the legend about Darth um, Plagueis, Plagueis, yeah, uh, who achieves immortality. How can that even be a Sith legend if their whole point is sort of like built on the idea of death? If that's what the dark side is, how could they even tell that story? It just it, it doesn't make sense to me as as far as like how that would have come out of there. Could just be Palpatine fucking with him. Like, have you ever heard of this mysterious old dude? He uh, saved people from dying and created life. Yeah, yeah. Because he knows Anakin's having those visions. Maybe even planted the visions in Anakin's head. Yeah, that uh, that stuff with Snoke has really opened that whole avenue has <laughs> to fall down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even think of that. Wow. I th- we've, we've thought about maybe Palpatine putting those visions into Anakin's dreams to like get him to that point where he was ready to switch so he could try to save Padme. But as far as him being like in Anakin's head, like Snoke was with Kylo, hmm. I never. I don't. That I don't even know. I we all, always praise uh, Palpatine. <laughs> I don't think Palpatine's strong enough to control the mind of Anakin Skywalker. Who I is think like manipulate force. Yeah, manipulate sure, but yeah. like to control Anakin's mind, it's, right. it's a fucking lava planet of power in his mind. You're not going to control that. It's a raging bull. <laughs> All you the can't... power of Mustafar is inside of it. And yeah, that's and which is actually kind of weird because, the... <sighs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but isn't Palpatine? I mean, he goes toe to toe with Yoda. So, despite the fact that he looks like a dumbass and a loser. 
we have to imagine that he's just as powerful as Yoda, right? Or else... More powerful. Yeah, not more powerful. He defeats him. Yeah, he (sighs) destroys every Jedi except for two. So I mean, Anakin does, but like Palpatine's the one plotting that the entire time. Well, that's why he... that's oh, we always go back to this <laughs> Anakin versus because, uh, Palpatine. yeah yeah because would would Palpatine have succeeded without someone like Anakin? I would wholeheartedly say no because yeah Palpatine plays his game and is and is the best at it, but his game is not to go out and murder Jedi openly. Yeah, he needs someone like Vader to do that for him. Um, yeah, yeah I don't I, I just don't see him. If he went, if if Palpatine went toe to toe against Yoda and Obi Wan, I would assume uh, he would have lost. Yeah, and let's be honest, Count Dooku is also not getting the job done physically on that level either. <laughs> I mean, neither one of them are uh, are ready to uh, to walk into the Jedi Temple with like ten clones and murder. Like we don't put that on it. There's got to be, even though the the Jedi are across the galaxy, there's still probably got to be what a thousand, a few hundred Jedi. Well, based on the Clone Wars, it seems like there's a shit ton of them in that temple all the time. Yeah. yeah. So he, I I just want to see the cutscenes of uh, him. Sorry, that was pretty dark. But, that. Oh my god, because that's that because we we just assume that it was it was a breeze that he just walked in there. Finally got up all the way up where they were hiding the younglings even. And he was just like, listen. Crazy. It's dark. Uh, it Witch is. Hunter here in the chat popped in and said, Sith is built on the manipulation of all things, even death. Okay. Well, isn't the manipulation of death like a force ghost? Jedi? Jesus. Come on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Well, we Isn't have that, it, though? That, like, that, everything's a manipulation of the Force. We have that caveat from Lucas that says Sith can't be Force ghosts at all. So that's why the Sith are obsessed with living forever, like Voldemort. Yeah, I mean, it is well, like Voldemort. If the Sith just wanted to live forever, then just help an old lady cross the street, become a good guy, and live forever. <laughs> just become a Jedi and then be Sith behind the scenes. Yeah. Like Revan, just be both. Just be both. He just, did it. Yeah. That's why he's the best. Double dip. It's not hard. There's a precedent for it. I mean, I think at the end of the day, though, that um, that brings up an interesting question about, you know, Sith Sith powers about the manipulation of things, even death. At the end of the day, like sort of the fuel for Sith power then has to be um, human emotion in, in some way, right? Like it, it's literally something that consumes you physically. Like your fear becomes the engine of Sith power um, to the point to where, yeah, I mean, if it's since it's purely evil that um, you can't become a force ghost because it, it's a consumptive power as a, as opposed to like a generative one. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause you, it, yeah. well, I feel like both sides draw on the power of the force, but maybe like you, like you were getting to where it, not only do you draw on it, but the dark side kind of burns that power and yeah, it's yeah. unusable beyond that. I feel like maybe the Jedi use it and then it's still kind of more of like a renewable resource. But like say the Jedi are like, you know, a wind turbine and, uh, and, and the Sith are like a coal plant. So they're burning through all the, yeah, let, maybe let me try putting it another way. Like, <laughs> You're not going to have a, like, bear Sith, okay? Like, animals are not Sith. 
they're not on the dark side. They're just in the light. It's natural for them to die because that's sort of the nature of organic material. Whereas Sith, um, I mean, it, only a human can be involved in that, in that part of the Force and that sort of relationship to the Force. So ultimately, um, it takes you completely out of sort of that natural relationship with the Force around you, internalizes it to the point to where it like physically just consumes you and then to where there's nothing left. Like once you die, there's nothing left for the uh, sort of force to eat away at, um, if that makes any sense. Hmm. Yeah, we're it does, in like it some, doesn't make any sense. We're in some deep ass talk. territory right now. <laughs> yeah, deep ass. Mm. Yeah, I would I would say like along the lines of animals and stuff that they're just they're not light or dark. They're just gray. They don't have motivations beyond like natural just survival instincts or whatever. But they embody the the power of the force. Yeah, it's, it's the natural like reservoir of energy is like the plants and animals and the right. planets. Right. But whereas humans can take that power and then start to twist it for their own uses, well, even do, the Jedi—yeah, I was to say use it for good or or bad. Right, but they're still like Jedi, even though they, from a certain point of view, are doing the right thing. They're still twisting the power that's supposed to be a gift in order to fit their own needs. Right, and so it is. Both sides are almost led by emotion. Emotion at that point, because whatever your idea of good is. You're going to use the power that's available and do what you think is right, whether it's kill younglings to save the galaxy or, you know, so that I mean, we're getting into like such muddy <laughs> waters because now we're legitimizing the Sith because maybe they do think that's the right way. They need to get rid of the Jedi because they're the evil ones because they wouldn't let me bang Padme. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, so maybe this is a good place to, to jump into the uh Anakin, Obi-Wan thing that I wanted to, yeah, to bring sure. up. Because it, this has always been a question for me. I mean, I watched the prequels so many times and I still just never understood how um, Obi-Wan fails Anakin. And I wanted y'all to like sort of help me see this because, and I'll put it this way, Last Jedi does such a good job, I think, of demonstrating how Luke fails Kylo, how he fails Ben. Because he has... Mm -hmm. he, says, I had a moment of weakness okay, where I thought that his future was written and I wasn't willing to sort of let it play itself out and prove me wrong. Right. Do we ever see a clear moment where Obi-Wan fails Anakin? Because it seems to me that Anakin just makes his own bed and then lays in it. And Obi-Wan never really fails him. It's just shit from the beginning or something. So if there's a moment like that that y'all can point to, please help me see the light here. I don't think there's a particular moment. I think it's more along the lines. Let's just call Obi-Wan like a father figure. If you raise a son and the son ends up being evil, regardless if there was a spark or something you did wrong, don't you feel spark. like you, you have failed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. I had to so sneak I that feel in like there. you have, still have like a responsibility that from beginning to end you should have you could have done something different you should have done something that you should have said sorry that one time you should have helped him more <laughs> but uh, obviously you didn't you didn't let him win at that backgammon game last thursday you should have <laughs> because now he's cutting younglings in half but i do think it's just like a, a sense of uh 
responsibility. You should have done something different. I have failed you because you didn't live up to what everybody wanted you to be. Well, Obi-Wan failed Anakin by training him in the first place. Like, agree with the Jedi code or not, but for Anakin to be trained as a Jedi, it never should have happened. Obi-Wan did it because Qui-Gon was his master and he believed in it and the living force and all this shit and he wanted to like appease what Qui-Gon's wishes were once he was gone. So he agreed to train Anakin. It never should have happened in the first place, I don't think. I think that was a mistake from the beginning. If you're following like the Jedi code and everything, he's too young, he's he's cold as fuck, he's worried about his mom and all these things that he says when he's still nine years old. It just never should have happened in the first place. So even though Obi-Wan tries to be a good mentor and teach him what he can, like Anakin's pretty much doomed from the start. Sorry, I'm well, just it- cracking up at this moment where... Uh- Yoda and Qui-Gon are like, the child is too cold to train. <laughs> <laughs> he was way too cold. I feel cold. Too cold. cold. Too cold to begin cold. to train. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I disagree with that because I, I think Obi-Wan was probably the best. Well, I, I, I disagree with part of it because I do think he was setting, he was already set up for failure. There's no possible way that Anakin does not become Darth Vader. We see it in episode four. Right. He's Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. impossible Great. at episode one for him not to become Darth Vader. <laughs> well, of course. So even outside of that, I think, like you said, it's, he's already set up for failure to begin with. He, and depending on the backstory you want to believe of Anakin, if he did, if there was no father, or if there was some Plagueis Force Midichlorian play, I think, regardless, Anakin would have became Darth Vader. Well, how am I supposed to explain this? Don't know. Even if even if in episode one the Jedi didn't find him, I think he still would have became Darth Vader. Hmm. That's the point I'm trying to say. I think somehow Sidious is gonna come across this little kid somehow, someday, some way, and he's still gonna get to him because he is the chosen one, what from a certain point of view, that hmm. even though they crash landed on a damn sand box um, and found the kid and tried to train him and actually used him for good for 20 years, he still became. So I think uh, I don't know. It's confusing. I don't know. There's not like a specific moment where Obi-Wan like fucks up. I don't think there is a spark. I think there's a lack of spark. I think he was already destined to become spark. Spark, spark, spark. (laughs) I don't know, man. Like I said, he's probably just doomed from the start. Um, Yeah. There's some interesting things in the, I don't know if it's canon or anymore, but the Young Jedi Knight books. I think it was called the Young Jedi series or something. Young Jedi series. Where yeah. Obi-Wan was a, an, an apprentice and he was pissed and angry all the time too when mm-hmm. he was young before he got picked up by Qui-Gon Jinn. So there's like, <clears throat> he relates to how Anakin is feeling because that's how the same way that Obi-Wan felt when he was a Padawan as well. So he probably, in trying to like, train him and ignore those anger issues like it's like I just keep saying setting him for failure it's just setting up Anakin in a bad way because he sees the bad parts of himself in Anakin and he's trying to counteract that through training but it's just not going to work the other thing is it's not only a downfall or a um a failure of Obi-Wan. It's a failure of the Jedi. Right, yeah. Because, That's overarching. because regardless of who trains him, Sidious is standing right behind you and you don't realize that dude right. is the Sith Lord. So I don't care who trains him or who does what True. to Anakin, Sidious is still getting to him. So 
I don't think it's a failure of anybody, but like the structure of the Jedi Order and or the power of the dark side. I, th I so yeah, it's it's interesting to see. And they're also distracted with the war too. Like everything yeah. that was going on in three while Palpatine was really getting in Anakin's head. Like if Obi-Wan wasn't off trying to kill Grievous or, you know, they weren't in the middle of battles and shit, he could have spent more time with Anakin focusing on Do you, Well, that's also very interesting to think about because we talk about like the dilution of the force where if you get down to like two Jedi or two Sith, like there's so much more energy around you to pull from rather than if you get like a thousand Jedi, a thousand Sith, it's going to be so diluted that while they're still powerful, it's not going to be like one crazy dude. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that you said the the war pulls from people, we we see the Jedi Temple with, let's just call it 2,000 Jedi. But because of the war, a thousand of them are off mm -hmm. and it's diluted the power of the temple and mm -hmm. or the power of the force on Coruscant. So maybe that has some play into Sidious being able to manipulate and kind of hide behind the shadows sitting in the same room as Yoda. Like, how do you not understand the dude's right there? <laughs> Smells like apricots. He's been, he hates everything. <laughs> Small hands. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, it's, it clouds it's, everything. Well, I mean, he just doesn't seem like the type, right? Like, you just, this, uh, fuck old man. He's just, well, let's let's walk it backwards the other way. What? So not not as as much as whose failure was it, but was there anything that could have been done to to prevent Anakin from going to the dark side? Yeah, no horniness. I mean, that's it. At the end of the day, the uh, the dark side is just a metaphor for people who uh, can't for control slaying. their. For slaying and praying. <laughs> um, if they had just, if he had just, um, I don't know, if Anakin just had shored up and told everyone that he was married and going to have a kid, they would have figured it out. They weren't going to just kill him. They probably would have kicked him out of the order, though. Well, you know what, though? This is a, this brings up a great point because I think there are two, mo there's a moment that sort of mirrors this in Last Jedi where it's like, okay, you get to, things come to a head and there's an opportunity where you just think, you know what? Anakin and Padme should just like get away from all this crap, go have kids, go ride around on those weird cows and just forget everything <laughs> about the galaxy. In a similar way, when like Ben and Ray are in uh, Snoke's chambers, but even before that, like it's clear that they can give one another what they need. You know, like they can solve each other's sort of emotional hangups. And you think okay, they should just leave, like leave all this crap. And that's part of what I think the Canto Bite stuff does is it's like sort of reminds you that there's a world outside of this binary of resistance versus right. first order. And it's almost, it's almost a failure of the movie that they don't just say, fuck it, we're going to go find our own, we're going to go to Jakku and just raise a family or something. Like they should clearly just leave. Back to Jakku. Yeah, right. Well, it that is a, I mean, <laughs> after they kill Snoke, it would have been a breeze to kill Hux. Right. And then just leave it. Just leave it be. Let's go chill and do whatever we want. No one's gonna bother us. We're the two strongest beings in the galaxy. <laughs> so let's just go chill. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the fact that Kylo's sort of reaction to all that is like, well, now that these people are out of the way, we should clearly rule. 
is a fundamental flaw in him. I, I mean, obviously, that's like, how has anything in that's happened in his life made him think he should be the supreme leader of the galaxy? Like, yeah, at that point, they should just be like, okay, bye. We fixed the problems. No dead. Y'all figure it out. I don't know, man. Do you think he was all along noticed a connection with Rey and was like leveraging it to his advantage in the First Order? Or was he actually building up some emotion with Ray, and then once Snoke was dead, that idea just popped into his mind. I don't know. I mean, it, even when we see him leading, the First Order seems more like a bat for him to sort of smack at things that he doesn't like, you know, than, yeah. than like a mission he has to fulfill. I mean, but the way he describes it, I guess, is like the First Order is the tool to wipe the slate clean from Jedi, from, from uh, Sith, from... Mm-hmm. First order from resistance, mm-hmm. and then, but though he still wants to see himself at the top, he feels like it's his birthright or something as a Skywalker, maybe. Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. But even outside of that, Hux obviously wants power, and he's and he doesn't have a foot in the door anywhere. So it's like because Hux wanted to kill Kylo when he was laying on the ground in eight yeah. after the battle. So he was ready to just kill him and then take over. So it doesn't it's not even like people of the force are like trying to take over. It's everybody is trying to take over. I think everybody has good and evil in them whether they can 100%. manipulate the force. Yeah, so yeah, it, I think we're getting to a point where it's an exciting time in the Star Wars universe because it's not all bloodline, all passed down from Master to Apprentice. We're getting to something where it's a more natural, relatable universe uh, in 7, 8, and 9. Well, we'll see in 9. But uh, yeah, I, I just like it. I think it's more relatable. What? Stop shaking your head. I, I was shaking your my head at the chat room dumb. right now. What? I was shaking my head at the chat room because Kerner and Jammy are in a fucking fist fight. And then he just ends the argument with Ray's a babe. <laughs> Ray's got a fat ass. Okay. <laughs> Typical Lord Kerner. Oh, I mean, I, I think you're right, Mopar. And, and I just want to say, this is ultimately why I don't really give a shit about who Ray's parents are, because I think Last Jedi does a good job of showing that the need for a like destined person to come along is a like part of the first order or the first order's logic. Like it is in some ways totalitarian in nature. Like that's ultimately what, uh, following this prophecy gets the Jedi order destroyed in three. And here it has the opportunity or the potential to lead the resistance down the wrong path as, as it does Snoke. So I, I think it, that's one of the brilliant things about Ray's parents being nobody is that, um, power can't just be, you know, this like godlike power can't just be translated through one bloodline or else it's just a, you know, the Skywalkers are a monarchy. They should, you know, they should be overthrown. By- <laughs> well, and yeah. also, let's not forget, too, that the Skywalker bloodline is literally just Anakin and then Luke and Leia. Right. Like, yeah. it hasn't been around for decades and decades. And uh, it's not like a dynasty or anything. Right. It's literally one fucking lunatic and his two kids. But they one lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Grandma should have given up. Uh, a little more slaying time to Anakin or his shit, you know. <laughs> Grandpa uh, got pissed. Jammy uh, over here is saying about Kylo t- assuming the role of Supreme Leader. 
doesn't know how he deserves it. He was Snoke's bitch the entire time. What? And then he said, <laughs> Kylo would have thought he was in control if Snoke choked on a chicken nugget in the cafeteria. <laughs> then, then Kylo deserves to step up and take his place. Uh, the other just- thing I, I was thinking about when you guys were talking about waiting for like a hero to rise up and help or push push the galaxy forward. I think we're getting to a point where that's not going to happen. Even though we have a, a ray, the whole back and forth where, okay, a servant of the light rises to meet the dark, kills the dark, and then a servant of the dark rises to meet the light. So it's almost a wash. And the biggest game changer is going to be that one engineer that does the right thing mm-hmm. and helps the resistance get to that one place or that one nurse that, that that you know helps that guy live a little longer and and he makes a difference so it's getting that th- to that point where it's the everyday people that are actually making a difference don't wait mm-hmm. for Luke to show up mm-hmm. don't wake wait for all that shit you are the difference maker do what's right and change the universe yourself. You dongle. Stop being a lazy <laughs> asshole. Get off the couch. Come on, you turkey. Oh, Mopar, you're, uh, you're making an argument for Rose as a character. That's what that Ooh. is. The Rose argument. Well, she's, she's an exception. She's Mopar, an exception. you're off the show. She, she's an exception because she, she almost kills another person just to try to prove a point. We're not, we're not going to... We're not going to, what does she say? Not going to save the rebellion by killing each other. We're just going to kill each other to kill each other. So let's kill each other. That doesn't make any sense. Shut the hell up and stop running into my shit. I didn't have any insurance. So you got to pay for that shit out of pocket. Rose. Ugh, Rose is a terrible looked. character. I hate her. I like, I like Rose's, I like Rose's sister, uh, Tulip, more than her because she actually made a huge difference by blowing up that dreadnought. Yeah, for sure. You know, though, uh, I, I like that moment where she's like, she's like, why did you stop me? And she's like, I saved you. <laughs> I mean, me. At the end of the day, like that point needs to be made. I mean, it, it, it's no longer about this sort of like heroic action. But at the same time, I agree with you that that does make this sort of colossal loss of life worse, which is ultimately why I think the criticism for the, all of that lies in post-storyline. I just go back to his massive body count in the last Yeah, that's time. true. Yeah, let's I never try, thought of it let, that way. Let's try to let's try to bring up the 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 con or the pros for for Rose. The pros for Rose. So what what <laughs> what what did Rose bring to the Star Wars universe that we really like? Uh, That's I mean, what I thought. That's what I thought. Nothing. <laughs> Fuck Rose. We we she, she shouldn't have been on screen. Those little uh, sucks. side oh, yeah. flips on her hair. Yeah. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Sells a lot of hair product. That's all that does. Get her off the screen. <laughs> Get her, go, go give her an equestrian I license. I don't hate Whatever. her. I don't, yeah, hate I don't, I don't hate her. The, the I don't, only I don't love her Rose, either. I don't hate her. The only problem with Rose is that she's getting in the way of um, the uh, relationship between Finn and, and Poe that everybody wants on Tumblr. Finn and Poe or, or Finn and Ray or Finn and Hawks. If someone's banging somebody or and Kylo it hasn't happened Or Kylo and Finn. Or Kylo and Hawks. People are shipping Finn and Hux. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Like they're not actually shipping it. Just some weird fan art about all the characters in Star Wars making out with each other. 
Uh, can we just say Hux is like the most strung out motherfucker in the in the galaxy? And a he looks like he's on coke the entire time. He's, he's got to be to keep up that Hitler demeanor and keep running the first order of like every day nonstop. Yeah, it's straight like heroin well, withdrawal. Also, think about this is right after Star Killer Base. So like he had to deal with all this shit with BB-8 and Finn deserted, and then they blew up the Resistance or they blew up the Republic, and then Star Killer Base got destroyed. And now they're chasing down the resistance and they have to blow up the base. Like he hasn't slept in a week. He's been doing all this shit right in a row. He's pissed. I really hope to see something crazy where like Kylo kills Hawks. Be cool. To like prove a point. Like you don't know anything and just get out of here. I don't need you making decisions. He does, but he would he, do he, that in a fit of rage. Like he, yeah, that's what he's known like, to do. Like that 1960s computer in episode seven that he hauls ass on. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say that uh, Kylo is the best character in the in the new trilogy? I mean, 100. Adam Driver is awesome, and his storyline is easily the most compelling. Even though I love some of the other ones, like Kylo truly deserves to be in the pantheon of Star Wars characters. He fucking rules. And to prove that point, actually, I think it was maybe Empire or Entertainment Weekly put out a new magazine that was like top 50 film villains of all time. And both Vader and Kylo were in the list. Yeah, After Vader, just ba- like Vader better be years. like number two. Well, of course, but like the fact that Kylo is up there with Vader and only have been out two or three years is, is pretty compelling. And yeah, I love, I agree with you. He's my definitely my favorite character. He, and I, he, I liked him, but he wasn't my favorite until... Last Jedi came out. Wait, you're saying the, that the Emperor wasn't on that list? Oh, uh, I don't read the full fucking thing. I just saw Vader and... Oh, uh, you're just picking and choosing uh, what Well, no, if you shit. think film villains, not Star <laughs> Wars villains, you drangle. So film villains, you know what I mean? Vader is the most iconic. Vader and Shredder. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, yeah, Vader and Shredder. Yep. It's the only thing that matters. Can we matter. just say, um, it's... It's a really good directorial choice to get rid of Kylo's helmet in Last Jedi so that Adam, like you can just see Adam Driver's face because he's a great actor and he has uh, just a ton of emotion on his face. It's sort of like, um, why would you cover up Tom Hardy's face when he plays Bane? I mean, I know because it's the Bane character, but like he's such a good actor that you just want to fucking see him. Like, let him do his job. And why did he have that goddamn uh, <laughs> accent, too? Well, because he was a walrus butler, of course. So. What? <laughs> he sounds like a walrus butler. I he mean, does. Just the best. I mean, oh. sometimes when I get down, I uh, I find myself again by watching clips of Bane being like, it doesn't <laughs> matter who we are, murder. <laughs> I mean, that's the shit. Jesus. What is happening? <laughs> I've never heard that term in my life. No, Walrus. brother. <laughs> ah, the light and the dark. There we go. <laughs> mm. <sighs> no, I, I like that Kylo's mask is off. Yeah. <laughs> Way to wrap it all back and around. I like that Snoke talked shit to him too in order to get him to take it off. <laughs> yes, that is amazing. That was. Yeah. Some people think that line's cringy, but I, I fucking loved it. Yeah, me too. Because honestly, the mask is stupid. Ooh, I like the mask. Yeah? No, I love it. He's, I like it. I, I think it looks badass. It does. But character-wise, like he needs to get rid of it and 
start coming into his own. Well, yeah, yeah, of course, that's what it that's what it was symbolizing. Yeah, symbolism mm. is stop jerking off on the the Vader helmet, become your own person, <laughs> and do your own thing. So taking the mask it. off, he actually like realizes I don't need taking that. Taking the mask off. Taking the mask off. <laughs> okay, Darth Xbox One, you just posted that Rose is a milf. Does what? She have, does she have kids? I'm gonna clearly no. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> no on on the list of hotness. I think Obi Wan is higher than Rose. But... <laughs> Wait, you and McGregor? Are... Oh yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's up there. He's he's a. He's a slick human. Um, also, he okay. says Dark Kylo needs a more Vader style style helmet. I don't think no, no, no. You can't model it that closely. I mean, him having the helmet in the first place is him trying to copy his granddad. I will say there are one too many of the like things around the eyes. That's the part about the helmet I don't like. But I do think it's dope the way it opens. Yeah. Oh yeah. How the thing. Yeah. 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 No, I, I do appreciate that, and I I, I like his uh, mask overall because um, it is unique. Yeah. Now we look at like top top masks. I mean, my God, Revan's got to be way up there, but you can't put a Revan mask on Kylo because then all of a sudden he becomes Revan. So they went I as think close it's, in, as they uh, could. He, he, it's cool how he has his like own visor and the, and the mouthpiece is kind of separate. So I I like it. I like it, and it's more of a mask than a helmet because I I realize he has like that little flare helmet piece but like vader's is literally like a helmet comes off and then there's just like a i don't know i i think i like the way it's put together okay <laughs> i'm lost I on that, that distinction between mask and helmet since both of them encase their entire heads <laughs> revens was the mask and not a helmet because it was it literally just went over his face and kylo's kind of looked like that but mopar i think it did go around his whole his whole skull it's all one piece, though. Well, actually, Vader's was more than one piece. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is more than one piece. Yeah, because so at the end of six, uh, Luke takes off the helmet. Come on, guys. Helmet Every part. word you I just mean, said then, was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes off, yeah, the, the breathing apparatus. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about Ray yet. Yeah, let's do it. A little bit. What are you thinking about this whole... Uh, Jedi training, and she gets to Octo, and her her version of the master that she had in her head is a crazy drunk asshole. I want to know how she <laughs> knew about Luke Skywalker. He's a legend. I know, but she's poor. And Same way Jakku. you know about Santa Claus, and then you meet Santa Claus, and he's <laughs> milking polar bears on the North Pole. <laughs> oh my God! Sorry. Okay, for real though. Sorry, but J R J R R Tolkien. Legit road stories where you can imagine Santa Claus milking polar bears. Um, like, there's a book. Sorry, they're just total awful non sequitur there. Where I like leave that hanging. Uh, he wrote letters to his kids as Santa Claus, where he's talking about like Santa Claus and this polar bear fighting goblin armies on the North Pole to be like able to deliver presents on Christmas and shit. Anyway, sorry. Um, that's, he has goblins just, and everything, though. I'm just trying to say that that's out there. If you need to think about Santa Claus milking polar bears, Tolkien like deep, deep cut pop culture. I, I wasn't. I wasn't too far off the off the mark there. Then, yeah, Ray. Uh, I don't know. I, I 
Ray's fine. I mean, she's... I don't really know at this point, like, where all that's going. <laughs> I mean, there are some major questions for episode nine. Like, I really have no idea what's going to happen in that movie. Like, um, but especially with Ray, like, what is the completion of her arc? I've really never interpreted her and Finn as being together, but apparently there were people that did. I never nah. picked up on that in seven. Nope. I picked uh, up on it a little bit, maybe like it was possible, but I don't. I don't think that'd be a good choice. Yeah. So I guess you know that there's. I really loved her stuff with Kylo and Eight. I think it's the best part of the movie, hands down. Um, you know, they're gonna fall in love, and she's gonna redeem him. No, I think she's gonna kill him. Maybe. I think so too. I have a because uh, uh, obviously they're gonna they have to get rid of Leia. She'll be gone by the time you even get on the screen. Yeah, I know, but just think about what the resistance and where where we're at without without Luke, without Han, without Leia. We are down to Ray, who, although even even I even though I like her, I don't think she has that much character behind her. She's literally spent one day with the resistance. Yes. Poe, so Poe is almost the, the most qualified, and we talked we touched on it a little earlier, most qualified to lead. Yeah. The but even Poe, Flyboy. That's do we I, I just feel like we, we are we are moving beyond the Republic now. Like Mon Mothma's gone, Akbar's gone, Leia's gone, all these people that had the original vision of what the resistance and the rebellion should be are gonna be gone. Now we just have these jackass kids who were following those people. It's almost like a secondary, like, do we really believe in this stuff? Well, I believed in Leia, but now she's gone. Do you think yes. the sequel trilogy could end on a dark note, like episode Absolutely. three? Absolutely. I hope then, it does. To then get fixed by 10, 11, and 12. So like how... Obviously, it doesn't parallel 100%, but at the end of episode two, the Jedi get this clone army and the good guys are backed and they're going to go into battle and like save the galaxy. And then by the end of three, obviously, that doesn't happen. So we think that Ray and Poe are going to leave and like train the resistance and have this big comeback. And if we time jump for episode nine, then they're going to be back in battle with the First Order. But what if the First Order just takes over the entire galaxy and they have to go dark for X number of years like Yoda and Obi-Wan did? You know, though, here's the question is, what the fuck does the First Order have left? I mean, honestly, like, this is part of the problem, I think, with the First Order and Seven is, like, the Starkiller base is insane. Like, just as sort of, like, tech is concerned in the whole universe, it's so mind-blowing yeah, that the loss of it has got to be absolutely crippling for them. But clearly it isn't, because then you've got um, the Supremacy. That's the name of uh, Snoke's ship. And yeah, well, they probably had that at the same time. At though. the same time, sure. But so then what's left? Like, Yeah. Well, that's is a good, the that's First a good Order point. as in bad shape as the Resistance at the end of A? Yeah, that's a very good point, because we always assume... That it's it's a more of an oppressive army and more of a, an extensive army, but the fact that Poe went out of his way to take out one dreadnought, maybe there's only two dreadnoughts in the galaxy, and the fact that they took one out and a Star Killer base and Snoke's ship, how much is actually left? So hmm. maybe maybe the uh, it's more more on a level playing field than we are perceived to to think because 
You get down, Snoke's dead as well. So the leader, the main ship, the base is gone, mm-hmm. and they're they're floating around in like one and a half death or uh, uh, star destroyers. I mean, does that make a huge difference? Yeah, like it, with the, they yeah. they have the they have the uh, the the crate. The, I mean, that's not a huge army. Even crate no. has like six things that are shooting at a wall, but that's it. Yeah, and it's not just the supremacy that gets destroyed. It's that entire fleet, right? Yeah, that's what I assume. Which I was actually not gonna lie, I was, I'm still kind of confused because she goes at light speed and like everything oh, behind right. it blows up. So Shit. I was kind of confused about that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that for some reason. I was just thinking that it was that one ship. No, because when it goes silent, hmm. she goes through. As soon as it hits his <laughs> ship, it like goes outward like a shotgun effect and right. hits pretty much everything behind it. Yeah, that's yeah. strange. It's literally every ship with them. Yeah. Why don't they just do that? They just build BB-8s to to fly light speed into <laughs> every ship. Well, not that they and, know it and, works. Yeah, just have the droids command a bunch of ships. And I hate flying. <laughs> yeah, That's I've, why. I've read some good stuff about that. I will say that... Um, um, I don't know. Uh-oh. I mean, I think that it's just... Sorry, sorry. What are you I, was, talking about? I lost my train of thought. Think the point about, I was right? yeah. is, is that the first order has to remain powerful, or else there's no excuse for a time jump. If they're just as weak as the resistance, then no time jump. I guess that is right. I agree. So, but they really could. Fit. They could really focus on the fact that Kylo is like becoming his own, yeah, and that it's not. It's it's moved beyond a military battle, and it's now gotten to we need to stop Kylo because if he's running rampant. He he is the issue now. Right. We've yeah. got to Snoke. We've got to his ship. But he... It's weird because... Ky, Snoke was the main... Well, we'll talk... We'll say the main villain to the Resistance because he was leading everything. But now that he's gone, that honor has been moved to Supreme Leader <laughs> Ren. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to... I really don't know what to expect in, in 9... Which is a good it, thing. It's a it's a grand thing. It's a great grand better better best thing. Because from um, seven to eight, like we expected some of the introductions from seven to be explained more or to pay off a little bit. And because that didn't happen, now we don't know what to expect. Like if if things should loop all the way back to how they started in seven, if there's a plan, if like are we gonna learn about Snoke or is he pretty much out of the picture? Like there's really it's completely up in the air. Well, let's try to get into like specifics because what do we see at the end of eight? We see Leia and Ray sitting there and they talk about how Luke's gone and what do we, what should we do? And Leia says something along the line of, we have everything we need. And they have the broken Anakin lightsaber, but the crystals are still there. Right. Obviously, Ray still has those Jedi books that she jacked from the <laughs> Jedi tree. She didn't <laughs> yeah. l- l- overdo books. So, I'm 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 Episode interested to nine, see overdue. Let you have <laughs> <laughs> library fees. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see because and then I mean, are we gonna see? I'm just envisioning Ray's gonna put a, together a lightsaber with uh, Leia's help, and it's gonna be a fucking badass lightsaber with the crystals from Anakin's lightsaber. She's gonna learn the do's and don'ts and the. Uh, the in and outs of being a force user using the Jedi books, but interpreting him 
in her own way. And I have a feeling that she's gonna, I have a bad feeling that she's gonna confront Kylo in a way that he's gonna understand where she's coming from. And actually, they are gonna walk out and I don't think they're gonna kill each other. I have a weird feeling that something's gonna, there's gonna be a common enemy at the end of nine that Ray and Kylo have to come together. The Yuzhan oh, Bong come, come barreling in. Hux. And- Hux might be the common enemy that he's going to go like bloodlust crazy and just start annihilating people because he's pissed and hung over. Yeah, well, I think there's a detail. I don't know exactly what book it's in about how, you know, Starkiller Base was Hux's, uh, Hux's project. So when he fires it and Kylo is sitting on the bridge of his ship and he sees it go past, like he didn't have anything to do with actually attacking the Republic there. So like he's probably thinking this guy has way different. We're both in the same organization, but he has way different motives than I do, and he fucking unstable as hell. Well, yeah, because at that point, all Kylo's worried about is finding Luke and or Luke's or uh, Anakin's lightsaber, right? And he that's all he's doing is going uh, planet to planet. Jakku, mm. where's the where's the map? Luke Skywalker, let's get the whatever. And then he's looking out and staring out through that window the viewport and seeing the actual motive of the like company that he's working for. And it's just like, what am I doing? What? No benefits. He read the mission statement of the first order and was like, (laughs) fuck, I need to get my retirement and get the hell out of here. (laughs) What if, um, I had a thought really quick and then you can say whatever you were about to say. What if the common enemy is the Knights of Ren? What if they come back? And they were like, Kylo, you're supposed to be in our crew. And he's like, no, nah, I own the galaxy now, bitches. <laughs> I own everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then they start dueling it out or something like that. I don't know. Because they need, they, I feel like they really need to make an appearance or that's one of the biggest letdowns of the of the new trilogy. Yeah, I, I was about to bring them up as well because I saw somebody mention the feed. Who the fuck are the Knights of Ren? <laughs> See, that's why I have, exactly. I, have a good, I have a good feeling about this because, because J.J., built seven and now is finishing it up with nine. Yeah. I think he could potentially pull a lot of small details that he implanted in seven and actually like skip eight and bring them back up in nine and just completely mind fuck us. I think he could pull some stuff way out of the air that we are forgetting because we've seen eight and we are mm. so blindsided by Snoke and all this other stuff that happens in eight. I have a weird, I have a weird feeling that like Ray's vision is going to come come back and we're going to see the whole thing and weird stuff like that. Oh, I have oh, there's so much shit that's going to happen in nine. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, don't worry. You only have about uh 2 years. 23 months to to wait. <laughs> so that's a lot of podcast episodes to, to, <laughs> to We'll be through. like 300 by that point. Jesus, I don't want to talk about that. Okay, let's let's move on to the the Han film. Yeah, let's do it. It's going to be bad. We know. Um, <laughs> You're such a piss party about this fucking movie. I'm just, okay. <laughs> it's almost it's almost because, um, was it Stupendous that was talking about, okay, Seven, what we're going to do? We're going to bring Han back. Then we're going to kill him off. What's the first movie we're going to make? Han, we'll bring him back again and make another movie about him. We, yeah, come I on. know. We I'm, finally, not, I'm not super ecstatic about Han we Solo. We finally killed him off. And now you're gonna bring them back. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I just not as excited. This is probably my least anticipated Star Wars film of all time. Yeah, I uh, besides four, five, and six, which were before I was born. 
I mean, can y'all like sort of weigh in on on um, Lord and Miller? Like, do y'all like the Lego movie or 21 Jump Street? Like, how do y'all feel about them getting kicked off? I mean, what was your all's response to that when it happened? What, with the uh, directors, you said? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if they weren't doing the job, then get them out of there. Uh, I we, We've gone back and forth and talked about, we don't want to see a mediocre Star Wars film. I think if, if they... If um, Kathleen Kennedy and Disney saw their vision and started to see the movie that they were making and said, this ain't it, then get them out of there and hire Ron Howard to clean the shit up. (laughs) Because I don't think there's such a high precedent and a high standard that Disney sets, whether it's Marvel films or Lucasfilm, Mm -hmm. uh, there's such a high... And if you don't even come close to it, then get out. You're not for it. We'll redo it. We'll double the money we're spending just to fix your pile of crap. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think that says wonders. I think that's one way to read it, but it seems to me that the the real dispute was between Kazdan and Lord and Miller, and what like the tone of it. He wanted something more serious. No, you know, sticking to the script. They were encouraging improvisation on set, going for a lighter tone. And that's what the issue was. Not that they're bad filmmakers, because they just aren't, but that they were not doing what Lawrence Kasdan wanted. And ultimately, Kennedy... um, I don't know. To me, I read it more as like, there was um, a caretaker role being played by Kasdan and Kennedy. And when they tried to do something new, they got pushed out. Yeah, now if they had just said that from the beginning about the improv thing, because when I heard that come out like a month or two ago, that made it all make all the more sense to me, the fact that they got rid of them. And I wasn't nearly pissed about it at all. But they didn't say that at the beginning. All they said was creative differences for like nine months, which makes Star Wars fans who are out of the loop just think that they are terrible or Kathleen Kennedy's crazy or something. We, we just didn't have the details. But then but, you find but, out that they were trying to turn it into like more improv and like strain away from the script. And it's like, well, of course, I mean, Kasdan, he has a big part to play in, in Star Wars. You can't really just disrespect what he wrote. But with that said, it, I, I feel like, okay, a lighter film uh, as opposed to a darker film wouldn't merit 80% reshoots. It I might. feel like they they completely did something that they shouldn't have done and somehow it squeaked through and then... Like Kathleen Kennedy came in and was just like, wait, you you killed off Han? He's supposed to live past this movie, you <laughs> jackass. And then... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, well, I, I will say this. If it, if it took them um, three months of shooting to figure out that it wasn't right, then like shame on Disney for not <laughs> for not stepping in sooner. They could have shaved sure, yeah. a ton of money. Hell, they could have paid me for those three months and uh, I kick, <laughs> kicked me off. I would have been happy with that. Yeah. They, show this, they still got their paycheck. They got paid in Mickey Mouse coins. <laughs> yeah, just free trips to Disney, bitch. Chuck E. Cheese tickets. <laughs> uh, we think Invader's going to be in Solo? No, surely. No. I mean, well... That's the problem is that if it's all just like fan service, like tying them in with the empire, then geez, I don't know. It would be neat if they explored something else. Like if they show I'm up on a Death Star, then kill me. I have a I have a feeling it's it's literally gonna focus on him getting the Falcon, him meeting Chewbacca, and him dropping uh the supplies or whatever he did 
at the first sight of Imperials. Um, or what what uh, what job I do? That's too close right. to four. I don't. I don't. If that happens, I will be very upset. Yeah. Uh, like okay. Like the last scene is going to be Rogue One esque, where he's like s- sitting down uh, in Moss Eisley or something, and I'd be so pissed. That would suck. Yeah. That would blow the, re- the recast only works if it's all taking place 15 years before A New Hope, where he's going to be young the entire time. I completely agree. I mean, I don't, I just, and the reason I say that about the dropping shipment is I don't think that he would fuck up an order for Jabba and then Jabba doesn't come after him for like 10 years. That doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, it could be something, even though it would look bad, uh, is if they had the young, younger looking Han sit down in, on Tatooine, like, even though it would, it would like the age difference would be weird, but to act like he is at that age, at mm. that point, mm. and say he's sitting down, I don't know. I just mm. I'm just, well, I'm let's let's talk about why we're excited about it. So we're You're gonna not, we're gonna, so move on. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm excited because I think we will see Corellia. I think we will see how he obtains uh, the Falcon from Lando. We might see a little bit of Lando backstory. We might really start learning about... Hmm. I don't think it's going to be really focused on Chewie at all. I think Chewie might like be a part of it, though. Uh, yeah. Wait, I, is, is Chewie like, written in the script? Do we know Chewie's going to be in it? He's in yeah. it. Yeah, he's in it. Okay, I'm just making sure. Yeah, there's shots with him and everything. Yep. Hell yeah. Let yeah. me say uh, I'm excited for more CGI huts because we know how well that went in the uh, prequels. <laughs> I'll take some huts. They got their shit together now. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's probably not fair. No, I, I mean, it's got to be about the huts, right? I mean, they've got to be involved. I hope not. The huts are the single worst species. Even though I like the characters and the gangster esque part of the huts, the fact that they're a pile of mud still pisses me off. Get them off the screen. The giant shitty slug. Like why? <laughs> why? Because it's Star Wars. Oh yeah. That's the answer to any question. Yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> I will say I love Donald Glover, and I'm hyped to see him play uh, young Lando. He's awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Perfect. That's gonna be a treat. Yeah. Yeah. What about Daenerys as uh, Han Solo's love interest or whatever she is? Lando's love interest. Oh, you know, Lando's. Maybe that. I don't know. I don't. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca's love interest. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. There's, that, that's taking some chances. That's oh, actually, why? Uh, that's why they were. That's the Kazdan vision that they were violating. He was like, "No, she's <laughs> supposed to be in love with Chewbacca." <laughs> <laughs> one, Holy one thing, shit! One thing I am really excited about is to have a Star Wars movie without Jedi and the Force shoved in our face. Well, and I thought we got that with, uh, even though one. it was sprinkled in it. I was just going to say, yeah, even as much as I love Rogue One, it still it climaxes with Vader. You know? Well, he's, and he, he's I'm still, one with the Force. The Force is with me. I'm one with the Force. And, and cheer it. Yeah, but he's like a half Jedi, so they can't really totally get away from it. So I hope now that they've had some success with that first spinoff, they can take a little more risk and not have to be 100% fan service with it. I'm all, I, but I'm I also hoping. really, truly like the character of Chirrut because... Oh, I love his character. He almost fits into the uh, cookie-cutter non-Jedi, non-Sith of 
what they're building in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Because like that's that's what people really believe. Like they're he's just an a, a weird old monk that really doesn't know one like good from the bad, dark from the light. He's just I am one with the force, the living force. He's literally like a non-trained Qui-Gon that just I, I know there's something special. I can you I can tap it a little bit. Tap it. Guys, <laughs> get your hey. <laughs> but uh No, yeah, I love I, I, I love I, I like hear it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just mean it'd be nice for them to actually finally go all in on the underworld and smugglers and bounty hunters at like zero force powers, zero force talk, zero Jedi, zero Sith. I'd be all right with like a uh not even a Darth Vader mention, but something like there's a there's a dark stormtrooper and he's fucking people up. We need to get out of here. The Empire cool. is definitely in it because um, yeah. Ron Howard tweeted a picture of the um, console the death, that the death Han Star talks, to, talks into in A New Hope. So you said the Death Star's in it. I'm saying that he like tweets a picture of the <clears> like um, Imperial helmet and the the sort of mic that Han talks to when he delivers that line of like, we're all fine here. How are you? Oh, yeah. That console thing. Yeah, it looked like one of the Death Star troop helmets. The super fucking long black yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. So I think fan <laughs> service is 100% happening like crazy in this. I don't I don't think yeah. there's any hope that they get away from it. Yeah, that, I don't think it's ever going to not happen. It'd just be nice if it wasn't. Here's some fan service, just in case you don't miss it. Okay, it's right here. It's a Star Wars movie. There's X-Wings. That's the kind of stuff that annoys me. Well, with Rogue but that's One. literally the whole point of doing a Han Solo movie is that they know it's a gimme, right? That's what. That's the whole yeah. the whole reason for all of these in between movies. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Pure I guess. Service, service me. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> I'm pissed. Oh wait, let no. me ask you a question because you mentioned Co- uh, Commander 10, 11, and twelve. Uh, are those happening? I thought I'm sort of operating on the assumption that nine is it for Ray, Poe, Kylo, all these people. Uh, I don't think there's one a word one way or the other. I don't think we know. I, don't I think feel like I've heard random stuff about a 10 possibly. I don't think they've specifically said either way. They did at one of those conventions. Uh, Kathleen said something along the lines of a Star Wars movie every single year. Oh, yeah. There's no question. So we got Han, and then we'll have Nine, and then we'll have Kenobi, and then Ryan's trilogy will start. 2020, right? And then we'll do 10 or something. That'd be 2021 would be the next movie that we don't know about after Kenobi. Assuming they announced Kenobi. I mean, they've hinted it, but they haven't officially said, here's the movie and here's what's going to be. Yeah, 2021, yeah, would be, yeah. I thought they announced that it would be 2020 when um, when they sort of said that that was going ahead, but I I could be wrong. I thought they said that that was the date. Well, 19 would be nine. Yeah. 20 would be Kenobi, mm-hmm. and 21 would be Ryan Johnson. I mean, it would be really cool if they could go Marvel level and re- and release multiple ones per year. Like they could easily have a, I don't know, I might get jumbled as fuck with Star Wars because it's so it's such a huge scale, but. Like, if Solo and... Well, Solo and Eight are releasing in close enough proximity. It's not going to be that bad. But if they could have a Saga movie and a spinoff movie in the same year. That's Especially if Ryan Johnson's characters have nothing to do with, like, wh- who we've seen before. If it's brand new, he could be filming right now. Why not? It doesn't prevent... Uh, unless it's a money thing that... 
don't no, know. no. With Disney, it's definitely not a money thing. They have more money than the world. I don't know. Put They're together. in a hole with the Han movie. So, how many directors does it take to film a Star Wars movie? Uh, three. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I so this. I think that. Um, I don't know. I I think that nine is going to be the end. It's going to cap it off in some major way. I mean, I. I don't see it happening. Yeah. It could happen later. Like maybe after the Ryan trilogy, then they come back with like 10, 11, and 12. But possible. I hope they just kill off Ray and Kylo and it's like a huge reset end to what we know as the Force. I mean, shit, Ryan's trilogy could. Well, they said it's not a saga movie, or did they say that it's not going to have characters that we know? I think they said it's not going to have characters that we've seen on film before. Because that could be 10, 11, 12, 30 years in the future, past yeah. nine with no characters left over. Yeah, they could give it episode naming or numbering. Yeah. And literally just talk about these ancient beings that were able to like flip around and do shit. I hope he goes way back in time, personally. Really? I hadn't even thought about that. That sounds dope. Like be- uh, like between Darth Bane and and uh, Episode One, there's so much empty space right there that Bane is, and what he brought to the table with the Rule of Two to the Sith being gone a thousand years. There, you are wide open. You could you could create whatever you want in there. Mm-hmm. And the Rule of Two is such a loose rule. You've got. You got Maul, Plagueis, and Sidious alive all at the same time. You've got Grievous. And Dooku's alive still, yeah. What? And Dooku is still in there. Dude, there's the rule of two is like, eh, it's a more of a guideline than a rule. <laughs> Power into pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Does Grievous but, really count as a Sith? No. No, but he was trained in the Jedi arts or whatever he says, but I don't know. Grievous rocks. I mean, no, no yeah. hate on him at all. He fucking owns. Grievous is awesome. Um, I think something set right before episode one would be very interesting. Yeah, I'd like to get an actual movie set during the Clone Wars. I mean, that's what, if they were really going to do an Obi-Wan movie, that's what I would want. I mean, I know that there's the cartoons, but fuck it. Like, let's go all out. Uh, Republic Commando movie would be fucking sweet. Yeah, if they legitimize those stories that actually, yeah. Yeah, like elite spec ops clones on like special missions during the Clone Wars would be so sweet. Yeah, they just need to do a fucking crazy Mandalorian war that happens. It doesn't have to be around yeah. like Ren or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Revan, but it, just like a Mandalorian war against the Republic or something crazy like that. <laughs> that the the Mandalorians die off or dwindle down back to Dathomir or wherever they're from, uh, Mandalore. Jesus. Um, and then that kind of more legitimizes like what a Boba Fett is. Like that's a, that's why the clones are so badass because they derive from these jackasses that attack the Republic and almost won. That'd be so cool. <laughs> if only, man. I don't know if we're ever going to get to that shit. I know. I don't know. But what we're going to get to is let's start ranking this shit. <laughs> All right. um, any, any final thoughts on Last Jedi? It's a deep ass movie. It's super long and there's probably a lot of stuff that we missed, but like any final thoughts on that or any like predictions, ex- expectations for Solo before we tie everything up with a bow and rank our movies? 
Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard y'all talk about uh, the Leia moment where she goes out into space. Oh, right. Yeah. How, did, how did that hit y'all? I mean, what sum it up quickly for me? Um, <laughs> I got the point, but executed weird. It didn't. It landed weird. The especially the first time I saw it, it was what the fuck is happening? And then as I saw it a couple more times, it just I. I it started to make sense. She's not an attacking Jedi. She wasn't really trained in Jedi ways, but she's still naturally strong in the Force. So what should what could she do outside of learning from the Jedi? Well, she she would use the Force to help save people around her, help save herself. You know, maybe maybe like a little bit of how uh, was this? Not manipulation, but uh, like encouraging, like. Like, you could use the Force to do that stuff. If you can manipulate people to Force, I feel like you can encourage people to with the Force. So yeah. I felt like, okay, you blast her out. It, I feel like she, she it's natural that she would be able to, like, cocoon herself in the Force and save herself. I mean, she's offspring of the Chosen One. What do you want? She, I don't I don't think it's outrageous. Right. I, I, even though I thought it was outrageous. At it looked with. outrageous. <laughs> yeah. The idea is not outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Yoda sort of names her as... You know, um, and uh, Empire when Obi Wan's like that boy's our last hope, and he's like, "No, there's another, no. right?" I mean, mm-hmm. in Yoda's eyes, she's just like Luke. But I will say this: I mean, I think that that moment, um, if Carrie Fisher hadn't died, I don't see it playing as like emotionally as it. I, I, I mean, the first time I saw it, both times I saw it, I got chills. The first time because I was like. This is such an earnest moment that like he deeply risking it like not landing because it's just like everything about what you feel about Leia is sort of tied up in that shot. But then on top of that, with her dying, you know, you almost think, well, okay, here it is. This is how they're gonna get rid of her. And then for that mm-hmm. to not happen, I think mm-hmm. makes it uh really powerful. But anyway. Yeah. No, week- I don't I don't hate it. It's just it just looks Especially with like the silhouette from the moon and stuff, just looked kind of weird on screen. I feel and, like she should have been the, able to do something else. Yeah, that whole yeah, yeah the yeah. way she did it. Um, I feel like they're they're, they're they missed an opportunity of 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 her saving other people with the force rather than like <laughs> doing something like that. It could have been attacking, and she could have just been like, "I'm gonna save you guys for a second because I'm really strong in the force. Get the fuck out of here." No, she just lets Akbar fry, man. She's just like, fuck it. I know. Man. He was he needed to go, Jesus. <laughs> I will say one last thing. Um, I think the opening shot of eight is incredible. I think that whole first space battle is awesome. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. When you when it starts off on planet and you see those star destroyers come in at uh, oh yeah, okay. it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And the first thing they notice is the sound. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck was that? They look up. Perfect. Yeah. I love that shit. Yeah, me too. I was like, it's just a huge adrenaline rush from the beginning. Ryan Johnson just absolutely like fucking flexing the budgetary muscles of Disney right there in that first sequence. It's just <laughs> yeah, it kicks ass. So I just I didn't like it because there wasn't a lot of like trade disputes or taxation <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so kind of missed me on that, but yeah. <laughs> they didn't hold a planet hostage. I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a whiny queen. I was mad. Um <laughs> all right, let's get into a ranking here. I'm actually writing mine down because it changes every week. So uh changes every second. 
All right. Hang on. Let me get some paper. <laughs> well, so I was going to say, it used to be fairly easy. And now that there's nine movies out, it, it gets kind of jumbled to keep everything lined up. All right. What are we doing? The commander. The Commander's going to be happy with this, I think. So, yeah. So, we, what we do is we just rank them your favorite top to bottom. Just top reel them bottom. off. Yeah. Just reel them off. Everybody's is different. You want? Let, we'll go first if you want to uh, hear ours real quick. Yeah, go ahead. All right, I th- I think I got mine here. I feel like I'm missing one. All right. As of right now, Mopar, I got Rogue One as my top. Wow. Um, I recently saw and I I spoke about it a few episodes ago that it just really hit me. The fact that we get to see Vader has his own. Death Castle on Mustafar. <laughs> and then we yeah. see him without his suit, like a fucking dead zombie. Badass. And then at the end, we get, I know it's all fan service, but we get to see him murder and just be true, truly powerful. But then off that, the on world, off world, in atmosphere battles, the transitions from going from that, the gate on the outside of, of, uh, why am I blanking? What's that? Scarif. Scarif. Going from that flying down in and then going to the land battle, perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, there was a lot of stuff. And K2SO was perfect. It was beautiful. He's awesome. Whatever. Rogue One, uh, I do still have seven at number two, even though I recently tried to watch it and it just wasn't hitting me. I think it was my fault. So Rogue One, seven. <laughs> I'm, I put three still up there. Uh, eight, I think, has slid just slightly. Um, and then five. So my top are uh, Rogue One, seven, three, eight, five. I have one next. One, six, four, two. Six and then four. Oh, okay. Yeah, I... Th- I like that pause after one. I have one next. <laughs> Did you hear that, Commander? Yeah. I love episode one. Yeah. No, that's an no, interesting I- ranking. No, I, I, I. This is probably the weirdest ranking I've ever had because one <laughs> keeps climbing. Yep. Six, six and four are slipping. Yeah. Uh, five is actually slipping. I mean, in all regards, a lot of people had five at number one or two. I probably had it three, but we're looking at five like in the middle of the pack now, almost. Yeah. So. All right, I Commander. Like all right, I'm up. <clears throat> mine's pretty. I think the last time we did this, mine's pretty similar to to where that was too. So. Uh, seven, still on top for me. And then we got five, eight, rogue one, one, three, four, six, two. God, I hate how far down three is, but I get it. Okay. <laughs> Usually people say I hate how how far down six is. I'm like, nope. He walks Jabba and I'm trying to have it. <laughs> he walks Jabba. Uh-uh. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, six is still has been sitting down there for, for quite a while, unfortunately. Now, with that said, what is your most watched Star Wars movie, Commander? Probably one or five, but Force Awakens is, it's still only two years old, but it's its climbing up there. I watch that one really frequently. See, I've, mine's not even close. I've seen episode three way, way more <laughs> than everything else. Thousands of times. Yeah, way probably, more. Probably five and one are my most watched. Okay, cool. All right, Incubator, you're up. All right. Uh, Here we go. Ready to get mad at me. Uh, five, four, eight, three, six, Rogue One, one, two, seven. 
Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I think Force Awakens is the worst one. There's really? no question in my mind. It's awful. Uh, what? I think it. the Raftar scene is an abomination. It's literally one of the dumbest things ever committed to film. Yes, it is. And uh, What? I don't think so. The only thing worse yeah, the than the Raftar scene is that they decided to also have a weird slug scene in Rogue One. So Yeah, Borgal is terrible. Whoa, whoa. And you're putting episode five with the stupid-ass space worm that that pokes his head out of the asteroid? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's way better than a Raftar, my friend. No, it and- isn't. It looks like a shriveled <laughs> dick coming out of the fucking thing. I had enough. All right. No, I, that's 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 cool how, how everybody's way different. We all have six surprisingly low, actually. I mean, yeah. I don't hate it the way some people do. Uh, and actually, for a while, I thought about putting... The Last Jedi second above A New Hope, but I just couldn't do it at, at, at the end of the day. But I'm glad that there's a lot of solid love for three on the podcast because uh, I think it's the best of the prequels. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not hard to say. Well, I guess it is for Commander now. I mean, it's not, it's not like it's difficult for me to say. I just think one's a better movie. Well, not even close. Pick I, obviously, what happens in three is the most epic culmination of anything that's been in Star Wars ever. But if we're talking movies. Well, I think it just, uh, you know, the opening, the opening um, set piece is awesome. It's got the General Grievous Obi-Wan fight, which is amazing. And then obviously uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin going at it, which is great. Even though I will say the Yoda uh, Palpatine fight is just a big old letdown. Like the them basically what? throwing frisbees at each other kind of sucks. But it is kind of that part of it is kind of cringeworthy, but it's almost like, what did you expect them just to flail around with lightsabers all day? Because yeah, yeah. they're so strong in the force that lightsabers don't even mean anything when you're that strong with the force. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was cool because it was happening in the Senate. Yeah. It's like you are battling for what the the room you're in. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was epic. Yeah. I epic do like how beautiful. all of ours are very mixed up. I've seen some people rank them and like the original trilogy is in the top three and then the sequel trilogy and then the prequels are always at the bottom clumped together. Ours are very interspersed, which is good. I'm proud of you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Except I do, for I... you, interpreter, who put seven all the way at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that's my uh, that's my hottest take, I guess. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey, hey, to each his own, man. To each his own. Good characters, but just at the end of the day, no. Which is why ultimately I think I'm I'm worried about nine. I just I don't trust JJ. When's the last time you watched seven? Uh, right before eight came out. Oh damn! I was gonna say if you haven't seen it since like 2016, maybe it's time to. Throw it back in. No, Damn. no, I watched it right before it came out. See, it, it has so much good stuff as far as like the climax of killing Han off and how that affects Kylo and builds upon Kylo, but also at the same time tears him apart and allows him to lose to the scavenger. And then the blow, the, I think the, the the biggest letdown was the use of the Starkiller base didn't have enough build and you didn't really feel like the Republic was actually being destroyed. You just saw it like, it's actually happening. It's actually happening. Finn comes running out saying it. And you're like, what's happening? Yeah, I, mean, I didn't know the Republic was even around. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, They literally just showed like 12 aliens on, on like 
a platform, look up, and their faces turn red. And I'm supposed to feel bad about that? <laughs> well, in its defense, we don't give a goddamn about Alderaan either. We've never seen that. We've never that's seen the Senate. very true. You know, yeah. we've never seen any of that stuff. But 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 that's Princess Leia's planet. Gotcha. You know, so, I, yeah, I, I feel you, but now that we have one, two, and three... Just, oh, that you can't say that. Well, that doesn't work. No, I've, ultimately <laughs> what I think undermines Seven is just the way that it, it fucking cribs its every beat, every story beat from the original trilogy. It, it, it just relies on them too heavily. Even the, uh, the Ben Han thing, it, it's just basically a, a riff on, on Six, on the one that everyone claims to hate. So I don't know how uh, Seven can be so popular when it literally... Whoa, whoa, wait. That say, say that again. Why is, it, why is it a riff on Six? Because it's a father and a son confronting each other while people try to lower a shield on a moon that they need to blow up. But one of them dies. The dove father dies. So he doesn't? Six too. Yeah, <laughs> but he's saved before he dies. Ugh. It's literally no, I feel the exact it. same ending. That's, it just, I, th- I think Seven... All right. I agree. I don't disagree that there was a lot of things pulled from four. I don't disagree with that. Four, five, and six. Yeah. Well, of course. Well, well, yeah, all of them. Yeah. But in its defense, what I would say is they had the task of relaunching the most popular franchise of all time. And I think they had to play it that way in order to avoid the, the fucking the lashing out of people after Phantom Menace. Well, bringing... Original trilogy fans in, bringing prequel f- fans back, and creating a new generation yes. of fans. That yes. was the biggest, hardest project for any any director. I'm surprised JJ did that well with it. Yeah. Um, even though a lot, I mean, you know, Inquisitor hated it. I think, I think he did. I, I'm obviously it did over two billion, so somebody liked it. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, as far as franchise reboots, Star Trek is better than Force Awakens, As if we're talking about J.J. I don't know anything about all the other Star Trek things, so the, the I only reason I, would say, I did love that movie, though. The only reason I would say that's true is because everything else in Star Trek sucks ass. <laughs> and, then, and then you actually did a decent movie. So, of course, um, Star Wars has such a high... It's on such a different level than everything. It's like trying to co- compare other metal bands to Metallica. Don't do it. Just don't compare anything else to Star Wars because it's going to be <laughs> less than. Even its own movies. Like you're, you're comparing Star Wars movies to what? You're not comparing it to the Terminator movies anymore. You're not comparing it to Lord of the Rings anymore. You're comparing it to other Star Wars movies. <laughs> Nothing can live up to all the other hype because it is itself. You can't. It's all part of one universe. Stop shitting on it, guys. <laughs> We love it. (laughs) I will say that it's interesting to hear it talked about that way since, you know, at this point, like, yeah, nine films. But, you know, the biggest critique of Last Jedi is that, you know, it's a good film, but it's not a good Star Wars film. Like, we still know what the fuck that means. Like, it's not clear what a what a Star Wars film is. There's no rule book. And well, the, there is a rule book, and it's 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 Disney making a Star Wars film. You can't say it's not a Star Wars film because that's what they're making. Yeah, yeah. they're still building <laughs> upon a universe that you're trying to critique. Yeah, it's got Star Wars in the title. It's a Star Wars film. But- it is canon. <laughs> it is a part of the universe. I don't. It yeah. doesn't matter whether you like it or not. It's a part of the universe. That is Star Wars now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I- people acting like Kathleen Kennedy is like ruining Star Wars and like tanking the whole thing and turning it into this 
total, totally different monster. Like Lucas put her in charge of Lucasfilm. What are you talking about? Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy's produced some of the best films ever made. So people, I mean, honestly, we don't have to go down this road, but would people no, I know. be I just... talking shit about Kathleen Kennedy if she was a man the same way that they do? I mean, I part of her being a woman has to be involved. Or if she was a Twi'lek? Or if she was a hut? <laughs> I'm just saying that if you look at her at her credentials, like she's not new. She produced the Indiana Jones films for fuck's sake, like E.T., the Goonies, everything that people claim to love, like she had a hand in. So she yeah. better but she's not an idiot. No, she's got her yeah, she's got her finger on the pulse of pop culture. She knows what's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I think I'm happy the with the fact it. that uh, Commander and I are doing a Star Wars podcast and we are able to have episodes weekly because Disney took over and is producing new movies, new comics, new games, new everything. I'm not. We can't sit here and shit on the films. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can debate, go back and forth about stuff that we like or dislike. But come on, guys. Yeah, it's all good. Even I though it. I have, even though I have two at the at my last episode, two is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and even though you're pissed about Han Solo before it comes out, it's gonna awesome. be awesome. Yeah, Han yeah. Solo <laughs> is uh, preemptively at the bottom of the list for me because. <laughs> Pretty sure it's gonna suck ass, but I'm, I would be—I would love to be surprised. All right. Me too. Well, that's that's the awesome thing because if you come in with such low expectations and they actually do a good movie, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh shit! There we go. Yeah, okay. Board. Final question for me: Will we okay. ever get to see George Lucas's outline for Seven Eight Nine? And do you want to see it? No, I don't want to see it in full. Probably not. I think they hinted at a few things, and one was a. Uh, female force user finding Luke Skywalker and training or something like that. Um, but I don't know if they're going to release like the actual, if there even was like a full plot summary or if he just had it in his head. I don't think so. I don't, I don't even want to see it because honestly it's not canon. It didn't come to fruition. So it doesn't matter. But <laughs> what I, what I want to know is what happens in nine. I don't want, I don't care about what was previously written for seven that we didn't happen. That we didn't happen. All right. Had enough. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. Rogue Squadron Podcast. We have uh, the executor in here with us. Um, every, every every time we... <laughs> the executor. Uh, episode 133. Signing off. I don't know what else. Commander. Oh, so if you I'm guys are uh, checking us out for the first time or you, you've been checking us out hey um for a while we do want to do a quick plug uh you guys can head on over to patreon.com slash rogue squad pod and or just i believe it's uh you just search the name rogue squad podcast or rogue squad pod uh, and you guys can head on over there and support the uh the show and you guys get special stuff so we do a patreon call with our listeners every week uh we also have a support group um, that we yell at each other and and discuss certain things. Um, so if you want to be a part Wars of that group, group. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to be a part of that group, that message board, and or want to be a part of the Patreon calls that are <laughs> are being posted on uh, YouTube and uh, and all the rest of it, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash or just search us up. You'll find us, Rogue Squad Pod. If you also have Spark PTSD, join us. You can find me on Twitter at, at Increase Mather One. Do it up. Do it down. Change it around. Increase Mather One. Any other any other platforms that you want to shout out, or are you just pretty much only on Twitter? Just on weird Twitter. Twitter. Just keeping it very, very weird on Twitter. 
great place to be for Star Wars fandom. I hate Seven. I hate everything. <laughs> yeah, come for uh, come for me, shit talking Seven whenever it comes into my mind. <laughs> what do you What do you think about Episode Two? Seven sucks. <laughs> Stay for me uh, shipping porgs with those weird cows from episode two. All right. Thanks, y'all. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) 